So welcome to 21st episode of the Transportation Management Podcast. Today's topic is load planning in Transportation Management 9.1. My name is Thomas Quintus. I'm Scrum Master in Freight Order Management. Yeah, my name is Vadidrich. I'm here for asking the question and to learn about uh, load planning as everybody who's listening as well. Uh, my name is Markus Zahn. I'm the responsible architect of the TM backend and frontend implementation, also responsible for the visualization of the load planning. My name is Martin Henschel. I'm from development, from the optimizer team, responsible for the optimization engines, for supply chain management and for transportation management. I am Olga Lindau and I'm also of the optim optimizer team, a developer. Cool. So let's get started. As usual, 10,000 feet uh, perspective. So why did we build that? Do we really somebody need that? Uh, what do we do? Why do we have that? Okay, why do we need it? Because um, at the moment, if you do a capacity check, for example, you have a certain amount of pallets and you have your, your truck with a certain volume or a certain uh, weight capacity it may fit from a theoretical point of view just looking at the numbers but if you come to the practical side you may realize that uh, you cannot put all the pallets you have on top of each others or that the pallets have some dimensions uh, which are not very useful to to put on top of each other uh, or to regard the principle of the last in first out principle or the axle weights whatsoever all your packages or pallets won't fit in the truck you have maybe realized it if you move from one place to another with your van you have rent and you realize you have a lot of boxes and they should fit in the van <laughs> but when it comes to reality you cannot stack the boxes or they have strange dimension so Yeah. Or you exceed the axle weight of the van. Huh? <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah, it's close to Christmas, so uh, the um, transportation of um, the gifts may also be a problem. So listen careful. You may use the optimizer for that. This year. Yeah, you should use it. So basically, so the, the real world is unfortunately more complicated than just uh, adding up weight and volume to yeah. come a result. And uh, to address that, we have that load planning. I think that one, one piece is that check thing right and uh, Marcus I think is also the visualization <laughs> part of it uh, so that's yeah, maybe one additional mm -hmm. thing to add why we require that uh, from my point of view it's really bringing the solution closer to the execution I mean in the past releases we were more coming from a strategic transportation planning based on large volumes full truck loads or full container loads <coughs> and this piece was really missing for, let's say, road transportation. Of course, you can use the load planning also for other transportation modes, but it's really crucial for, for the road planning since there are also some legal requirements that you need to fulfill that might not be so relevant when doing ocean oil. And uh, did we uh, develop that by ourselves or did we do it with the customer or, yeah, or did we got the feedback from a lot of customers and we also were at customers to see how its pallets are loaded into trucks in the reality and got a lot of feedback how to do it and what is important for load optimization or load planning. Yeah, so since this topic is pretty new to us, uh, I mean, we're really interested in developing that as close as possible together with our customers and really to understand um, the relevance of the process for them and what are the key points that we need to fulfill. And I'm pretty sure in the future, together with the customer, that solution will grow. Cool. Sounds good. So we have developed it also together with yeah. customers, yeah. right? Yeah, Because it's there are also requirements coming from customers, which were not obvious to us at the beginning. So, for example, how that, is, that the load is stable when the truck moves on the road so no pallets move sidewards and so on if the truck brake uh, pushes the brake the truck driver that no uh, pallets are moved forward and so on so a lot of uh, requirements coming from the customers regarding stability of stability. the load and so on. i remember in my old tpvs days i also at that time we only had a partner solution 
Uh, uh, for it, we also had uh, a funny example where a customer wanted to build a container and it was perfectly built, but there was like a one meter gap in the middle and then <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. very good utilization, but everything would break down uh, as soon as you touch it. Yeah, but okay, now we have our own uh, engine. Let's see. Okay, so I think we're already getting uh, below 10,000 feet now, so um, getting closer. So what first thing is maybe, okay, I want to test drive it. What do I need? First, I think you need a TM91, right? So ramp up is open. Please come, feel free <laughs> to join and yeah, sign the contract, of course, uh, before. So I need a TM91. Is there anything more that I uh, need to install or obviously, buy? Or <laughs> obviously, you need some kind of master data. So you, you need a truck. You need to define your truck resource. Um, and but I don't really need a real truck to 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 play around with it, right? It's <laughs> not for playing around. Not, okay. No, no, for for playing around, we have the visualization. Okay, <laughs> in place. So a van is enough, then. <laughs> okay. But then there mm -hmm. are fields like the maximum gross weight, cargo bay dimensions, empty weight, split deck, for instance. So if you have like a double deck, yeah. that requires split deck, or if you if you can have a kingpin and for, have an empty weight on this kingpin, max weight on kingpin. You have Excel groups of different types, maximum weight, empty weight, all these fields you may uh, define. And so but that, that's all the fields that I need from a truck or capacity, more abstract. Yeah, for the capacity, the dimensions like length, width, and height of the car mm -hmm. cargo bay, of course, and the other ones for, well, legal restrictions or mm -hmm. technical restrictions like the maximum weight on an Excel. It may depend on technical, but this is more or less not the limits. It depends on the legal and national law mm. who says, okay, you're only allowed to have... rich rule in the U.S., right? Yeah, in the U.S., also. there yeah. is a rule that uh, says uh, trucks should not cause too much damage to bridges. So they have limits depending on the distance of axle, how much mm. weight may be on a single axle or a tandem axle. And depending on the number of axles you look at uh, the weight must be maybe a little bit less mm. so that the weight is distributed on the axle not to harm bridges so there's okay. a special requirement. I think we, we come to that single um, dimension than what we consider uh, then in, in more detail also yeah. later. So Yeah, but talking about the prerequisites, um, what you need for the visualization is the installation of the SAP Visual Business Tool uh, to see um, the resource and the load in three uh, dimensional model. And also, of course, you need the optimizer installed next to the TM. But this is, I guess, it's pretty new, standard. It's a new engine just, right? I mean, yeah. same technique. It's a new it's engine. New. It's, mm. it's called Legal Space Optimizer. But it's, uh, the installation is easy. It's like the other optimization engines you have. If you have installed it, then it's just a new executable destination you see in your system and it has the same uh, functionality as you're uh, familiar with like uh, explanation tool or it's integrated in the remote communication framework to see the, the log file if necessary so it's yeah we can like the other does ones. it cost okay. extra no of course <laughs> it's uh, so cheap <laughs> nice um yeah, I think I have this plug here. So we had an optimizer uh, episode where all the technical connectivity was already explained in uh, more detail. So who's in, in interested in how to set up technically the optimizer engines that would was TMP like 15 or something. So the optimizer session of it for technical. So I would have that new engine. I would have Visual Business uh, new version to be installed. By the way, uh, you mentioned that Visual Business now, from a map uh, point of view, comes with uh, OpenStreetMap, right? Was that? Uh, yeah, that is true. true. So with the TM91, uh, you have ready-to-go GeoMap integration with already supplied content. Cool. Yeah, I mean, not related at all, but still interesting. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, and talking about development efficiency, we use yeah. the same UI control for the GeoMap and now for mm -hmm. the uh, 3D uh, visualization of the load plan. So that's good for the customer. Because and then in not future so we can have the 3D visualization <laughs> of the truck on the map, right? So yeah, that's sure. The next thing then <laughs> moving around on the map. Yeah. Remember those demos. Nice. Okay, so that's the first step. So technically, actually, I only need. I, I think also if I install a 9.1, it already is included, right? Yep. So the part of partisans. So nothing yep. special to be included. But uh, we have to set up some master data, right? Or okay, you already mentioned for 
for the trucks, for the resources. Uh, for the resources, yeah. yeah, you have the master data, and then you also have a planning profile mm -hmm. where, where you can influence like the result of the optimizer, mm. um, where you can, yeah, in the profile you have hard constraints, soft constraints, <coughs> something like legal constraints like bridge formula, which mm -hmm. you already mentioned would be a hard constraint, but then there are soft constraints like the stack height, for instance, um, and you can prioritize rules which you are which you are giving in this profile. You can mm -hmm. have priorities there, um, and also you can set maximum runtime there if you uh, which you need. Um, the optimizer stops after it finds an optimum, but sometimes there are costs involved and you don't mm -hmm. find the optimum, so you set the runtime, which is yeah in the order of seconds. Okay. Yeah, that would be another question. How long does it take to optimize uh, a truck from your experience? Would be see so far. It always depends on the scenario. If the optimizer finds the optimal solution, which means all packages are loaded in the mm -hmm. truck and all rules you have defined are fulfilled, then it stops. So it mm -hmm. may stop after the first solution, after milliseconds. But if you have a lot of pallets which are different heights and it's a rather complex optimization problem, it may take some seconds, so it depends on... But it's not like because our optima VSR optimizer run it, it's typically not yeah. a matter of yeah. minutes, or but if you have a real problem, it's more in the, I don't know, yeah, two-digit minutes or something, but not seconds. But for the vehicle space optimization or load planning, that's more in the sub-minute area, at least, to be on the safe side. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> let's see how the first yeah, customer <laughs> scenarios, but at the moment yeah, we, we think are in the areas of less, some about a minute or less, hopefully. Okay. So, so yeah. there's one thing that we mm -hmm. should not forget. Mm -hmm. There's also the prerequisite of having detailed information on the item or on, let's say, on the product level. Mm. So if, uh, information like stackability uh, and the dimensions. Uh, are of course another input for the optimization. Where does this come from? So it comes from the trade order items. From the trade order. So from master data. That is true. From the product master data. Yep. Okay. Good. So <coughs> summarize, but I think we will di dive a bit deeper into that uh, in the second round. So we have some vehicle related uh, rules. We have some general rules how the optimizer should look at the problem, so to say. That's a planning profile. Yeah. What are the rules to be considered independent of the single resource? And then we have, of course, uh, attributes of the uh, yeah, pallets or whatever objects we stack. I think in the first place, we consider more or less, qua or not quadratic, but uh, how to, uh, yeah. Um, Cubic pallets. Cubic pallets, right? Yeah. That's uh, in our first step. So no tube in tube, and then no uh, I put that into a wheel, yeah. and then <laughs> no kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as I mentioned yeah, in the yeah. beginning, it's our first step into the topic, and it, it would not be very intelligent to start with the most complicated uh, things. So we're starting with the things the most uh, customers can use right away. Exactly. So cubic, <coughs> cubic pallets would be current assumption and stickability of them, and then okay. Good. For the resource, maybe it makes sense to uh, look a bit more into the details, what I can define for resource, which is relevant for the vehicle space optimization. So you mentioned already uh, yeah, things like the total rate, so that's old stuff, right? That's kind of boring, right? So the total uh, capacity okay. that is, uh, has been there forever. But yeah, what, what, what is new? What can I define for resource? Maybe in more details, we touched it before, but I think that's very interesting. Uh, because it shows what we can then also support, I think. What you can define in detail, detail, but which is new is, uh, for example, the Excel weight. So the Excel positions, you define Excel groups and say what kind of Excel group is this? Is this a single axis, a double axis, a triple axis, for example? Where is the position of the Excel group? What is the maximum weight? What is the empty weight? Mm -hmm. We need this information to calculate. Just coming back to the Excel, so I would uh, define for a single truck or where, where for a truck I would for define uh, where is the, what is the position of the rear first axle and then the position and number or type of the rear axle or whatever. Exactly. We, we talk mm -hmm. about Excel groups or Excel group can consist of several real mm -hmm. axles, single axles. We need this information to 
compute the exact position of each each axle uh, at the truck. Mm. For example, for the US bridge formula, we need the exact mm. position of the axle because mm. in the rule you say distance between axle one and two have to be some feet and then you look into the table and see what the maximum allowed weight is. So we need this mm. exact position, for example, for the bridge formula, but also when calculating the the actual weights on an axle. Okay. When we yeah. put pallets into the truck, mm. the pallets have certain weights and then we compute the weight on each axle and Okay. The user can say, okay, I, I work or drive in, in Germany, for example, and German law says the maximum weight on Excel may not exceed this and these uh, tons. He may maintain this in the master data and the load optimizer would consider this and would not exceed this maximum Excel weight. But I have one, oh no, I will come to that later. Okay, that maximum Excel weight is nothing I maintain for a resource, but as a rule then, right? No, it's, it's resource it's, master data. It is part of the resource master. Okay, yeah. so... At the moment, then also bound to the country where I use that most, right? Yeah, if I would exactly. have, yeah. So it's part of the resource, and that yeah implies okay. that it's okay. Hmm? And one, I, I saw that there was a uh, you showed me right some graphics where you can change the position. Then you yep. see that also on a picture that look. Cool. Yeah, there's there, there, there's a resource <laughs> configurator. Huh? I mean, when typing in some numbers into the master data transaction, it might not be exactly matching reality so we've created a tool where you can enter it and directly see uh, how the dimension you just enter changes the appearance of the truck in a 3d model <coughs> and also there you can play around you can browse through the existing resources and from my point of view i mean there are some truck types i would say and uh, usually that data is delivered or somehow available with the documentation of the resource that mm, okay. you try to use. In this case, you go out and uh, you measure. Huh? <laughs> but it's always good yeah. if you see it. Yeah, yeah. You have the data you have maintained to see is this realistic. Did but I mean, if you have in, in certain uh, countries to fulfill legal requirements, that mm. information regarding the resource yeah. has to be available somewhere. Otherwise, you can, uh, even without using TM, you could not calculate and be uh, legally compliant. So yeah. I guess that information is just available. Yeah, sure. I mean, <coughs> as, as we said, worst case, you go out and measure. Huh? So it's not, <laughs> it's not rocket science to get that information. Yep. Okay. So this was the Excel weight. Yeah. And uh, we also have some other, other master data, which is relevant if you have a, a vehicle combination, maybe a trailer, which is connected to a pure mover attractor we need also to know how they are connected in order to compute the excel positions of the complete uh, vehicle combination for example again for the us bridge formula mm -hmm. so you have to define where is my kingpin of the trailer it's located at the bottom of a, a trailer and you connect it with the tractor the so-called uh, fifth wheel or we call it connector so we need these positions in order to compute all the excels in the complete uh, vehicle combination. Then I think you would also need a place where you define like the dimensions of the actual payload area of the truck, where you really can put something on and how that's located. Exactly. You can okay. define where your your cargo body begins. So mm. we have we need some data in order to calculate the correct excel weights. And you would see it in the tool mm. Marcus describes visually if your master data is maintained correctly. Hmm. So this is more or less for the vehicle combination. And one, the last thing is uh, if you have a truck with uh, two decks, hmm. call it split deck, you can uh, define it where is the split deck. You may need split decks if you have a lot of pallets in your truck, which hmm. are not stackable. So if you have only pallets which are not stackable, you may waste a lot of volume but you can some trucks can have the split deck and mm. you can use the upper deck to put additional pallets inside and maybe double the number of pallets you can transport in a in a truck you also mentioned lifo fifo so do you also define position of doors then or doors hopefully at the back of yeah. the truck but okay. and this is the kind of last in first out we consider okay. so, so for we, a moment the doors at the end yeah, uh, we, we get this information at from the pallets which are loaded in the in the truck, uh, which is the stop sequence, and we order the pallets in in the truck so that the first stop is located at the back at the door mm -hmm. of the truck, so it can be unloaded first, and 
the last stop is next to the driver cabin, so it can be unloaded last. So this was a main requirement from the customers so that you can easily load and unload uh, your truck without moving any other pallets or causing damage to pallets and so on. So, mm. so LIFO principle is always considered. And the assumption is doors at, at the end. <coughs> yeah. Okay, good. Which is, I think, majority of the cases. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I guess uh, if that changes in the future, it will just be an additional rule. Yeah, yeah. or set up for the yeah. resource, right? Really yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's it for the resource. How how do I define my capacities, abilities, or dimensions, right? Or did you forget something? No, that should be fine. Yeah. If not, you will find it somewhere in the resource maintenance. Yeah. Huh? Just look at the resource master data and at Marcus nice to report the tool, and you see all the. I the even, fields you can use and play even, around. Yeah. Even have the different uh, types for the US versus uh, European trucks, right? So different yeah, that's right. models. <laughs> nice. Um, yo, okay. So the next thing I think is then the rules that I can define after defining the truck, right? You mentioned sort of costs and stuff. So coming for you mentioned it's a new profile, right? Uh, Load planning, vehicle space utilization profile. Load planning profile. Is that the official name? You know, terminology? I, I, I think the yeah. official term should be load planning settings. Okay. Settings, ah, because it can be assigned to a profile, right? So it's yeah, it's ah. assigned to a planning profile uh, to complete that. Hmm? And uh, a planning profile can, I guess, be maintained in the freight order type. Hmm? So no, you yes. automatically hmm. can assign a certain load planning automatic process to the freight order yeah, already basically take a little uh, sidewalk <laughs> on, on that one so the planning profile is meant so that the vso profile is assigned to a planning profile the planning profile of course if you enter the cockpit it is a planning profile you define there mm -hmm. uh, as you mentioned for a freight and then if you create a freight order in the cockpit with the planning profile that planning profile is kind of inherited or mm -hmm. copied to the freight order created from there Second one, it can be defined as a type, and there's also a condition-based uh, determination uh, of the planning profile. So I think you have different ways of uh, defining uh, how or which rule should be applied. So that if you have different rules in the US versus uh, Europe, that would go through the different planning yeah, profiles, right. which we hopefully have for the different uh, <coughs> scenarios, and then that would include the different. Yeah. Okay, and what's in there? Yeah, let's go through it maybe more detail. Yeah, we have lots of rules and the rules, <laughs> the rules is something where we are growing actually. Mm. And so we have, yeah, kind of certain areas for the rules, like stability of the load would be one area where something like left right balance, where you try to, yeah, not stack everything at the left side of the truck so that it tips over or so is considered. Or do, do you then just say do a left right balance or? Then we have a rule which say do a okay. left-right bandit and this okay. is a soft constraint. Yeah. Okay. And you can give it a priority. Mm -hmm. So just say, so say so it's, it's on off and then important or not. Yes. But you cannot say more on the left, right? You can say <laughs> how much may the the weights, the center of gravity deviate from the middle of the truck. Okay. So you can say it must be in the middle or it's okay to deviate fifty percent to the left or the right. Okay. So this is a parameter you can set for certain rules. Okay. And the priority, how important is it for you yeah. to stick to that? Yeah. And that is a maximum then that deviation, right? That's a hard constraint or costs penalties? It's it's a soft constraint and it will internally for optimizer it will cause costs. So it's mm -hmm. a cost driven approach we have in the optimizer. So how if the rule is more important, it creates more costs and the optimizer tries to reduce the costs. So mm -hmm. If you violate that constraint, exactly. then it creates costs. If you right? have like, two rules mm -hmm. and the one is very high priority, or other very low, violating the priority very low does not create as much cost as violating the, the rule with the high priority. So. Okay, good. That's a, yes, very similar to the uh, VSR and Keras, for example. Yeah. Right? Okay. okay, so the first one is center of gravity deviation, so to avoid uh, trucks uh, falling on the side. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Also, okay. for the stability of the load, also we have something <coughs> like descending stack height. So if you want uh, the higher stacks more on the front of the truck and the lower stacks more in the back of the truck, you would switch on that rule. Mm -hmm. And then the optimizer tries to yeah, 
Du are ja. descending stage. Because it's high. more comfortable to climb up then, right? <laughs> no. It's more yeah, for yeah. stability. <laughs> it's, stability. <laughs> it's easier to control the acceleration instead of braking. So if you have the driver has to push the, the brake because he comes to a jam or something like this, mm. it's has to be avoided that the low the pallets move forward. So you use this this rule. And how what exactly do you define there? Just on off? Yes. Okay. So you would normally you would turn it on and try to uh, fulfill this, this fulfill rule. that. Okay. Or maybe so for no. some customers it's not important, so we can switch it off. So a lot of rules we got from customer feedback or mm. but it's not that sense. you have like a, a target degree of <laughs> no no not yet. So I don't know the first customer wants. But <laughs> nice it sounds already pretty Sophisticated, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah, 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 cool. So that yeah, make sure. Of course, full truck is then idle. But if you don't volume-wise fulfill it, you try to stack higher in front. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Also in the same category for the, the height for the height difference rules, we have we have mm -hmm. some height difference rules uh, where you basically define that yeah, neighboring packages or pellets should not uh, have a Height difference, which is bigger than a given value, mm. um, which is also a rule we, we learned from a customer. That's mm. for stability again, that's like yeah, right. stabilize right. each other. Okay. Mm. Then we have stack building rules, something like the maximum weight of a stack may not exceed, exceed a certain value, or heavy pallet shall be on the bottom of the stack, or things like that. It's all of them, it's on off, right? There's no end end uh, importancy it's, of the rule, but it's not that you say certain for some rules. For some rules, of course, you have okay. a parameter. If you say my stack may not exceed a certain weight, you mm. can define a parameter okay. how many tons or kilograms may not be exceeded. Okay. Then we have legal rules like the US bridge formula, <coughs> would be one. That was the one that basically the if the truck is longer, you can load heavier, right? So to make it short, is it like that or no? Yeah, you have to distribute the weight in the truck mm -hmm. to fulfill the 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 bridge formula. It's more or less so the aim of the bridge this, formula. Uh, just try to understand the difference from maximum axle weight. That's uh, um, it's not only the uh, mm -hmm. the axle weight. But also the the, diff, uh, the distance between the axles. Mm. We may not we cannot change the distance of the axle they are mm. <laughs> built in the truck. We can only distribute the weight on the axles and say, okay, we distribute the overall weight in the truck in order to distribute the weight and not stress the bridge too too much. So yep. this is more or less the, the goal of the bridge formula. Good. It's good for sustainability even. Huh? So less bridges destroyed by TM. Nice. <laughs> less good. collapses, bridge <laughs> collapses. Yeah. yeah. Good. And as a currently last area of planning rules, we have the loading patterns, mm -hmm. where we have quite a lot of rules for. We have like uniform loading patterns or detailed loading patterns where you can yeah, very detailed um, give yeah, some pattern in how the load shall be loaded, whether it's straight packages, turn packages, or something like pinwheeled, which you could have in the US, for instance. Pinwheel. Pin okay, I didn't understand the last part. So, do, can we have some examples on that? What that does mean? Sorry, in I Europe, didn't get Europe that. Europe yeah. is mostly quite easy because huh? the trucks in Europe are standardized so that three Euro pallets fitting next to each other in the straight direction, and you have more or less. 11 rows of it to transport 33 euro pallets or 34 depending on the orientation mm -hmm. in the us the pallets are more or less uh, standardized for containers but for the trucks we have seen that uh, it's not that optimized mm -hmm. so we, we see a lot of uh, customers we got the requirement from the customer for the so-called pinwheel which means if you look from the top of your Loading, it looks like a pinwheel or like a chimney. So you have one pallet turned, one straight, and the next row is straight and turned. It's yeah. it's nested. <laughs> so in order to, to use much of the width of the vehicle yeah. and also distribute the weight. Mm. So mm. it's for weight distribution and maybe also some goods which need some, some air. So if you transport fruits or something like this, they, the transporters uh, would like that the 
all the pallets are not pushed next to each other, so that's hmm. the uh, air circulation is still possible. So they mm-hmm. may like the pinwheel pattern. So it's okay. Mainly from the U.S. In Europe, it's more or less not that familiar, but in the U.S. we yeah, have I seen this. Heard that's why I was asking. Yeah. It sounds interesting pinwheel. Okay. What else pattern uh, do, would we have there, or, or loading preference rules? We have, yeah, some some rules that where you can define it, yeah, at the end or at the beginning of the truck that the um, pallet shall be shall be turned or straight. So mm-hmm. which is for unloading, it's sometimes it's necessary that you have them in the direction you want to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be yeah, like some more specific patterns. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have time. Which <laughs> um, do we have? I think it was the most that important. Was, we have a lot of okay. lot of loading patterns and rules, uh-huh. and yeah, we have also a documentation for that. And okay, so that you have the different uh, rules, and most come from customers. Customers which exactly. tell us, uh, okay, we have that rules. And and we then are <coughs> quite sure that with the feedback from customers, from feedback from you, that uh, maybe some rules are added in the future. So it's still growing. This is the only. This is the way you can influence the the result, the load plan for the optimizer. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Adding my own rules. Maybe that's a general thing for the optimizer. I there's since as this is an C plus uh, plus engine, there's no body for the optimization process itself. But in pre and post processing, I think similar to uh, yeah, body enhancement options to be more general. You can influence the pre processing, post processing, but not the optimization process. Uh, itself exactly so right, we, we would have to develop the new rule, the mm-hmm. new rule and the customer would have to maintain this new rule in system and the optimizer would recognize it and fulfill it yeah but talking mm-hmm. about that uh, enhanceability i mean since it is our first step into that topic uh, our intention is of course to make it as enhanceable as possible in the pre and post processing And also for customers requiring really some fancy load optimization to plug in their uh, a different optimization engine. I mean, of course, this is still possible. It's also theoretically possible for all of our optimization use cases. But for the load optimization, I, I can really imagine that uh, if you as a customer come up with some really wild rules that are very specific to your scenario and we cannot cover that in standard it is still possible to kind of use something else or use uh, custom development <coughs> which would then enhance the yep. optimizing yep. that's also a pattern that we have right okay yep. yeah and also for the uh, so that that is more the back end and the optimization enhanceability there will be an enhancement guide for that topic but also you can uh, enhance the 3d visualization uh, and i guess we come to that uh, yeah, part exactly. later Exactly. But all components that uh, are new to the topic uh, will be as enhanceable as possible. Okay. And um, that's it from from this profile point of view. So that's basically the yeah. three areas. So from the profile, you have to <coughs> you give it a priority. Mm-hmm. Some are hard, some are soft, some have parameters, some some don't. And in profile, yeah, then you have the runtime, which we already discussed, and that's it. Okay. And maybe the last section is then the, yeah, the pellets or the, prior, the things to be uh, load optimized, the cargo. So you already mentioned the, uh, yeah, yeah, what do we have there? Maybe. You're the expert yeah. on the uh, items of the freight order. Yeah. We ask the questions. You ask the question. Okay, <laughs> what do we have here? Yeah. how does it work? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So we have the uh, dimensions there, right, that we consider. Is there also something like a pallet type that would be uh, considered by the optimizer? Or is it really the dimensions? It's more or less type, huh? simplified more or less the dimension length mm. with heights mm. and the weight. And if something can put on it or not, the stackability flag. And, of course, some additional information, which is like the, the stop to which stop, mm. to which customer mm. this pallet uh, belongs to, and maybe additional information, but just for, for the information, which is the corresponding customer or product and so on. But mm. more or less, we get this cuboid box. Mm. Okay. 
Yeah, maybe, okay, that's not no my turn, right? As I got to, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, what happens is if you have like an ERP order uh, where where you have uh, like one order with 20 pallets, uh, with 20 pallets, uh, what's new now in TM91 is that we have the so-called multi-items that um, it comes over from ERP as 20 pallets and then comes into TM. And then let's say in the freight order, you define the item type as a multi-item type, and then it will create 20 sub-items for the 20 single pallets, really. We also use it for rail and stuff, but also for the vehicle space optimization. If you don't know what an item and a stop is, you heard before, then we can, uh, you should stop here. First, go back to the TM podcast number three or so about the tour uh, BO, and then uh, continue uh, from here, because I think now we also come to the pace. Where is it stored, uh, et cetera, how do we use it? Podcast eight. Eight, thank you, TM eight. P8. Okay. So I think now we have all the we have the technical setup, right? So we have the new optimizer engine. We have Visual Business, which we didn't use so far, but we, ah, we used it for for the 3D truck uh, mm-hmm. modeling already. Yeah. We have the master data of the trucks. We have the rules that we want to apply, and we have our cargo items with its dimensions and weight and stuff. So now I want to optimize. What do I need to do? Yeah, I mean there. Are multiple ways to yeah, execute the load planning. Um, you can do it directly within a single freight order. So you can enter the freight order UI. <coughs> There's a new tab available for the load plan information. And uh, from there, you can also trigger uh, the automatic load planning. Uh, you see a load plan list. Um, showing all of the items that are relevant. Uh, and after the optimization, you see if they can be planned uh, onto the vehicle. And also you see the load sequence and the position. Uh, and next to that, um, we have a new tab explaining the uh, load distribution regarding the resource and also regarding the uh, exit groups. And the third tab is uh, the load statistics so you can quickly get an overview how high is the percentage of the unplanned items how much uh, capacity is already consumed from from the vehicle resource that will later (coughs) um, help you with maybe in a manual process to adjust the plan so that is for a single freight order but I guess uh, the main scenario is going to be uh, a planning in the transportation cockpit where you can select multiple freight orders, enter the cockpit, and then browse to, through the freight order information. And there, when you are doing the manual planning and assigning a new freight unit to the freight order that is then planned onto that freight order, you can rerun the load planning and check uh, where it would fit and then manually, yeah, let's say, load the freight order. Also, there it is possible to do a yeah, multi-freight order load planning, but we only consider, so we do not do a swap of items between the freight orders. We really do the load planning for each freight document uh, separately. Also, just to understand, so if I have an... <laughs> Let's say VSR optimization run, that would be a post step yep. then, right? I would yep. do my vehicle space yep. optimization, which does the assignment yep. to the, of the freight units or pallets then yep. to the different freight orders or, or let's say truck trailers to be mm-hmm. <laughs> more in a physical world. And then as a subsequent step, uh, we would check and, and do the detailed um, yep. assignment of the different items to the, their position on the truck, right? It's not part of the VSR. Yep. Yep. Currently, it's not integrated, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Oh, oh, it's as one step as a career selection, one step process, right? Yeah. Good. So you just press one button, but the engines are subsequently called to set a clear scope. Here. Yeah. And for customer, uh, so, so that was more the manual uh, usage of the load planning, mm-hmm. but for customers having an automated um, scenario with the ERP integration, <coughs> it is also possible um First of all, to do a mass planning uh, out of the freight order work list and also a fully automated process using a specific uh, planning strategy that has the uh, load planning automatically 
executed after the VSR optimization. Hmm. Or only the uh, optimization, vehicle space optimization, right? If that I have a selection all, of yeah. freight orders yeah, and yeah. that planning strategy <coughs> would only include that VSR yeah. step, then I would, yeah. uh, sorry, space optimization step, yeah. then would only do that, right? Yeah, yeah. That maybe that makes maybe sense. We haven't talked about it. So if I, so our standard process, as I understood you, you go into the cockpit or in the document, you press the magic button, then you wait sub-seconds to seconds, and then um, you see uh, the result in our nice 3D UI, then you can adjust it, right? You can reposition by either changing in the list, no? Currently, there's no uh, manual adaptation within the transportation cockpit possible. Uh, we are thinking about that, but I mean, this is really a complicated topic mm -hmm. because if you manually change uh, the position of the items, of course, you through that change the weight distribution mm -hmm. within the vehicle resource, and that would require a recheck of that plan. Mm -hmm. That is probably one of the next steps we will go, mm. but currently it's not possible. So if a customer would have the requirement to adapt that, um, it would require a post-processing step of mm. the automatic load planning currently. Okay, so you would get to <coughs> look at it, enjoy it, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, take over the result. And then if something changes, for example, you get an update for your sales order and the weight is now different, then uh, I think that the the result is also not valid. So what happens then? No, 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 no. Yep. Just one step back. I mean, Sorry. you see the result of the load planning uh, in in a table view and also in the 3D mm -hmm. uh, model. Mm -hmm. And taking the example, some items are not planned mm -hmm. onto the truck. You can use the 3D model to check, for example, from a volume perspective, would there be more space available? So theoretically, they would fit on the truck, but some of the optimization rule hindered the optimizer from putting it onto the truck. Yeah. So you can overrule within the transportation cockpit the rules that you have defined, mm -hmm. rerun the automatic load planning, mm -hmm. and then validate if I maybe skip one of the rules, then the items would, or one or multiple items would then fit uh, onto the truck. So there is some yeah. value in seeing the real positioning of the... Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, just to <coughs> control the result. Yep. I mean, rules is one thing. And you can see, reality. for example, at the, the color of the axles, how close you are to the limits of the axle weight. You say, yeah. okay, now it would... The volume is the is the restriction or the weight on the axle maybe the restriction you yep. can see it. So the clear recommendation is to not use the monochrome uh, UI <laughs> screen but the color screen. Yeah, oh. for sure. I mean, we have really some nice cars. Yeah, sophisticated uh, technique and required. Nice navigation. You can huh. look at your load from the top, from the back, from the sides and highlight some of your pallets according to can the I customer. Can I test drive it in 3D then? Oh. <laughs> Nice. Only reality. Okay. <laughs> so within the 3D model, there there is some interaction available on each object. So you can open a context menu like you know it mm. from the GeoMap. And we provide some basic standard functions, but this can also be enhanced. For example, we can really think of an enhancement taking one of the items off the truck for whatever reason so there is mm. some enhancement capability here to adjust the load plan mm. but that will not come in standard with tm91 these mm. functions but i can imagine some basic functions to be uh, okay. done in a development project at the customer and you also mentioned um, <coughs> that you could have an optimization result where one or two or five pellets wouldn't be delivered. And you also mentioned before that we would have the explanation tool. Would I get an info on why freight units wouldn't be assigned or is it more, yeah, how you, would I know? You can take a look at the yeah. at the input data, which means all pellets which are transferred, uh, transferred to the optimizer. If uh -huh. you see something strange, for example, if the package for some reason is just too big, for mm -hmm. your cargo body or if you have not maintained any any dimensions for the packages you can see this in the explanation tool for the okay. input data but uh, the, the violated rules uh, at the moment i i wouldn't see it's more experiencing okay but of course it's always the highest pri priority to load the pellets mm. this is always what what we try to do first before we 
try to. But of course, I mean, but there might be rules. It's yeah, <coughs> Excel way, as you said, you can't change even in the 3D model, or maybe in only in the 3D model you could change the, the Excel um, distance, but not in real life. So you shouldn't do it in 3D as well. You can so, also try and call the optimizer without any rule, so yeah. the optimizer will consider the hard constraints, like I said, the dimensions mm -hmm. of the cargo body and uh, the maximum axle weight and the maximum cross weight of the complete vehicle. You can check it in the visualization if the axles are close to, to red, so it, uh, mm -hmm. heavy loaded or close to 100% load, so this would be an indication that the package doesn't fit on the truck because it would violate the maximum axle load, for example. And then okay. this is a kind of hard constraint. The optimizer would uh, respect with the highest priority, and then it tries to load all packages into the truck. So this is hmm. the main purpose of our customers to load all packages and does not uh, leave anything behind. And then the third one are the soft uh, planning rules <coughs> described, so which may use penalty, but loading all packages into the vehicle is much more important than hmm. maybe violating some of the soft. Uh, and a rule with a low priority. Yeah, and also on the freight order header, uh, you have the information available uh, if the load plan is up to date. Mm -hmm. um, or, for example, if you assign later uh, an additional item to the freight order, then, of course, the load plan is not up to date and you can easily figure out for which freight orders do I have to do something. That would be like a POWL list yeah. or selection and plan right. profile where you right. would select all the outdate or the future freight orders with in or invalidated BSOs <coughs> and re re-optimize them. Yep. But I also identify those uh, freight orders where let's say the optimizer would run in the background and it wouldn't load all freight units or sorry, all pallets on a truck. Could I also uh, see that result at all? Do I have that? Not sure. Not yet. Not yet. Ah. It's a backlog item in your team. Is it? <laughs> Okay, then and now everybody done. knows it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it? Let me do it. Closely done. Okay, so then I that I can identify everything that has an issue. Yeah. Ah, we even have backlog items out of that uh, recording. Nice. <coughs> we already had it before you said, right? Ooh. Good. Uh, and now everybody knows. <laughs> no, everybody knows. Well, we can cut it out. We could. Yeah, one important thing to mention here is to be legally compliant. It is required to uh, store the weight distribution information as an outcome of the automatic load planning. And that is currently done in the explanation tool. So if a customer has that requirement to store it, uh, it is, of course, advisable to switch on the explanation tool. But from my point of view, makes in general sense if you have some uh, optimization process in place and That might be some information that will be attached in the future to the freight order or not, uh, but currently it's possible to be legally compliant and to retrieve that data if you run into legal trouble. Yeah. And don't forget to even but still run the uh, cleanup report that would uh, delete the old values. Otherwise, <laughs> I think if you have many optimization runs uh, after a while, that's a huge table, right? We had it is indeed. Yeah, but anyway. That's described in the application operations guide, right? It Marcus? is. So, yeah. How could somebody not do it then? Good. Uh, the, <laughs> um, yeah, so basically we went through the process, right? I think the last thing is now maybe how is that result stored? We already mentioned on header level for those of you technically interested. So I think the position in, within the uh, track uh, is stored on item level, right, Marcus? That's maybe. right. That's right. Where, uh, so it's uh, in which row and uh, or how, how yeah it's 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 stack level and row hmm. uh, and I think also, also the, the absolute the, position yeah, the absolute position is also 3D stored. coordinates you yeah. can think counting of. from where counting from the left lower corner and the back close to the driver cabin yeah so this left is lower cabin so if I stand there with the back to the driver cabin it's left in the back. Left lower back next to the driver cabin. You look okay. into the truck from the door. Okay. Yeah, but you can easily check it in the 3D visualization. Yeah. I mean, so you take take one of your items on one of your yes. freight orders, and uh, you will see that. A picture okay. says more than thousand words. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's an audio podcast. So, uh, so <laughs> no, and try it on TM91, and you can see it. Exactly. So it's, okay. 
Yeah, you can also check the TM community. There's already something available where you can get a hands-on and get an impression of how it looks within the application. And as soon as you have the application, of course, this would be the first thing that I would take a look at in TM91. Hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, good, I think. Did we miss something for... Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but what, what we can also talk about is a little bit um, how would a typical TM customer use that information. So the load plan itself in text-based form mm -hmm. uh, is a good document to hand out to the truck driver or even to the door. Um, also, what we have uh, on the roadmap is the integration with the warehouse management. Extended warehouse management? Extended, of course, SAP extended warehouse management. <coughs> I mean, we are aware that that process of a real, yeah, Loading information is more a warehouse process. What we cover currently is more um, the process of be legally compliant from a transportation perspective. Uh, and there are some mixed scenarios in between that require information going back and forth between the warehouse. But usually how you would determine how the stuff goes onto the truck is a central information attached to the business document, I guess, and needs to be communicated forth and back. And, and I'm pretty sure there will be some additional development in the future mm -hmm. to strengthen that scenario. But we're coming more from a transportation point of view. And also, as we have already mentioned, uh, we are working more on the pallets, not on the pallet building so mm -hmm. far. That will hopefully be part of the extended warehouse management in the future. And there will be some mixture. Yeah. And anyway, we are one unit, right? <coughs> so it's extended warehouse management, yep. EM, and us. So anyway, it's one clever resource. Yeah, I mean, if we can not come up with a integrated solution sitting next to each other, uh, I would be interested how <laughs> others could do that. Yeah, nobody can do that. Okay, except for us. Good. That's it now. Yep. Yeah. We have to prepare for the Christmas party also. So this that's <laughs> that's why uh, today. Um, bit shorter yeah i think that's it right so now everybody can play around with 3d models yeah. and do the vehicle optimization so oh. this is uh, the first step uh, oh. in, in this area so we are feedback is very welcome yeah maybe yeah, anyway yeah, if you're interested in that maybe get in contact with us right yeah so the usual channels go into the ramp up and i think there's always uh feedback <coughs> channel and then we can see yep. what's possible it's just maybe a small rule or, or would make it to roadmap or something so we are new in that part of the business yep. and eager to rule it <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you Thanks. and thank you uh, merry christmas happy new year if you don't see it either. and yeah thanks a lot yeah happy holidays yeah bye bye bye